Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition, hump day edition of the show. A lot to cover on today's podcast. We're going to be joined by Chantel Jennings from The Athletic for the final two segments of today's podcast. Talk some BYU football. Uh, her state of the program piece for the athletics, kind of the centerpiece of why we had her on, but we expand that out and talk about BYU's place in the college football universe currently. You'll hear from her in the second and third segments of today's podcast. We also need to talk some BYU baseball news and football news in this first segment with Jackson Clough getting drafted and Travion Green officially announcing his transfer from BYU as I had reported last week on my Twitter feed. So we'll talk about all of that on today's edition of the podcast. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast. Podcast Network is Locked On Cougars, which is America's number one daily podcast network. We are brought to you today by our good friends at the Himalaya Podcast app. A reminder for you guys, when you do get in your vehicle, make sure to plug in your smart device and tell it, play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way you always stay up to date with the latest in BYU news. The Himalaya Podcast app, proud partner of the podcast and they are here to help you find a new podcatcher if you've been dissatisfied with your current uh, podcatcher or if you're just looking for something new. Adding new features all the time. You can go by episodic titles. You can create playlists as like essentially any of you have used iTunes in the past. You can go and create playlists. I think Spotify has the same type of deal where you can create a, sp- a playlist. Same deal with what's going on with the Himalaya podcast app. It's free. It's easy to use. And it's available on all the major uh, pa- major download sites. Apple App Store, Google Play Store, all the major things you can download there. So check them out. The Himalaya podcast app. Proud partners of the Locked On Podcast Network. And follow Locked On Cougars right there on the app. Also today brought to you by Twill and our good friends at Hotels.com. We'll tell you about both of those great companies coming up here in a little bit. Without further ado, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for June 5th, 2019. Alright guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked on Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for downloading the show. Please follow along on all the major social media platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Check us out, Locked on Cougars. You also can follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. Or if you ever want to drop us a note, love to advertise with us, or if you have questions, concerns, or comments, please reach out via email at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Alright, a lot to cover here in the first segment. Real quick, let's start off with the news that I broke last week on my Twitter feed saying that BYU cornerback Travion Green was going to transfer, and he officially made that announcement on his Twitter feed of social media platforms yesterday, putting out a note saying, I would like to thank Brigham Young University and my coaches on defense for giving me the opportunity to earn a bachelor's degree full paid for under scholarship to play the sport I love. I know it's a little convoluted, but you get what he said. With that being said, I am now in the transfer portal as a graduate transfer and will be immediately eligible to play at whatever, whichever university blesses me with the scholarship come get a corner that can ball signed Travion Green Uh, I wish Travion nothing but the best as I've said multiple times on this podcast any guy who shows up and gets his degree has fulfilled his end of the bargain when it comes to these uh, scholarship agreements the schools they're paying for these kids education their job in my mind is to pay the school back by making sure they get that degree and help out the university and just take care of their education. Travion Green did it in short order at BYU. It's a big congratulations and a tip of the cap to him. 
He was a former transfer from Cabot College out in Northern California. A tall six foot three cornerback who had a lot of speed, a lot of excitement for him, hopefully to lead BYU as one of their top cornerbacks this season. But he has decided to opt out and he's going to go elsewhere. So I wish him nothing but the best of luck. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. Uh, PK, I work for, with Patrick Kinahan and David James on our show on the Zone Sports Network. His nickname me Transfer Portal Peter. I'll take it. I enjoy breaking the news and love um, when my sources reach out to me and let me know what's going on with BYU. I also feel like BYU in terms of cornerbacks will be quite will be all right. They've got plenty of depth there. D'Angelo Mandel, Isaiah Heron, Keenan Ellis, guys like George Udo, Eric Ellison, and Dimitri Gallo coming in. Uh, Diane Gonwoloku can play corner in a pinch. So could Troy Warner. Uh, Chris Wilcox, if he's healthy this season, will probably be BYU's top uh, draft prospect of the position or in the defensive backfield. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out for BYU. But I think they're in a position to absorb this blow. And it is a blow nonetheless. But they can absorb it a little bit better than they would have in the past. So best of luck to Travion Green and whatever he decides to do going forward. Also need to talk some BYU baseball news. BYU sophomore infielder, shortstop uh, Jackson Clough, who's drafted in the sixth round of the MLB amateur draft yesterday, the 183rd overall selection. Big congratulations to him. He's already uh, made it known that he is going to forego the remainder of his collegiate eligibility. And you're probably wondering how a sophomore is drafted. Well, he did serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Played his freshman year, went on a mission, came back. And as long as you're three years out of high school, you are eligible to be drafted by Major League Baseball. So after a standout sophomore season, he hit 327, slugged 518, hit four home runs, drove in 56. Uh, f- f- drove in 56 runs and had 12 stolen bases in 53 games. All conference for the West Coast Conference first team honoree. Breakout star. I know that Mike Littlewood would have loved to have him for a year or two more, but this is what happens when you have good players. They are found by MLB scouts and drafted. He went higher than a lot of uh, people had prognosticated with him not being listed as one of the top prospects. He goes as the 183rd pick, and he is going to have a, a draft slot, it appears, on the thing is worth $260,000. I know that they can negotiate up and down a little bit, but he has made it clear that he is going to forego go his collegiate eligibility and go pro and I wish him nothing but the best. Guys like Brock Hell, Jordan Wood uh, with the rounds 11 through 40 of the draft taking place today as the draft wraps up. Hopefully we'll hear their name, their, their names called, uh, get their opportunities to play. They're seniors so they're out of collegiate eligibility but 266000 that's officially according to MLB.com, is the draft slot, the slot value for the 183rd overall selection. Like I said, that number could go up or down for Jackson Clough, but he's made it very clear that he is going to go pro, and I wish him nothing but the best. He had a great year, and it only helps Mike Littlewood's program recruit when they can prove that guys can go pro. And they've got a great incoming recruiting class. I'm expecting BYU will have another great season next year. Here's hoping they can take care of business in the postseason and actually make the uh, regional and the NCAA tournament because bombing out of the West Coast Conference tournament in the style they did, I think that really sealed their fate and the national uh, 
council that picks the NCAA regional was like, yeah, we're not going to pick these guys. And it was unfortunate. I feel like BYU deserved a slot, but they made it easy for the NCAA selection committee to say, yeah, we're going to pass on you guys this time. And it's unfortunate because on merit, I thought BYU winning the regular season title should have gotten that opportunity. But best of luck, nonetheless, to Jackson Clough as he goes pro with the Washington Nationals. We'll be tracking him. I may do this. If you guys are interested in it, let me know on social media. I can do updates on former BYU guys, just periodic updates. I'm not going to do all the time on where guys are playing in the minor leagues in the baseball system. Guys like Jacob Brugman, who signed with the Seattle Mariners minor league etc we can we can run that run down that stuff every so often if you guys are interested in it so let me know love to keep you guys abreast of everything going on in BYU sports or former Cougars who are now in the pro ranks all right we will step aside here come back on the other side excited to welcome in Chantel Jennings from the athletic it's a great conversation I had with her uh, good to catch up with her get her thoughts on BYU football we talked about her piece for the athletic a state of the program piece they do this series and she profiled BYU for it we'll get some of her insights on writing that piece and also get some of her thoughts on BYU football as they look ahead to the 2019 football season uh, a reminder for you guys that uh, today is day number 85 in our countdown towards the Holy War. And today our player profile is Braden Cosper. Uh, The former Bingham High star plays wide receiver for BYU, and he's had a rough go since joining the BYU football program. He's had multiple injuries, had an ACL tear a year ago. Uh, The hope is that the coaches hope that he can get back onto the field in fall camp and prove what he can do. He's got all the size you want to see from a wide receiver. Six foot three, 212 pounds. He was outplayed by his high school teammate who was a walk-on in Dax Milne a year ago but like I said some injuries have slowed him up Uh, former first team all-state player for Bingham High School Daily Herald region MVP just a great player also played basketball he's a good athlete plain and simple I'm not necessarily convinced he has the top end speed to be an elite wide receiver like Gunnar Romney but he has all the size to be a true red zone threat and be a good big bodied receiver for BYU we'll see if Braden can stay healthy this year Uh, like I said that ACL tear when it happened towards the end of the season last year really hurt him because he missed all of spring ball we saw him out there uh, on the sidelines but he wasn't able to participate in drills Uh, Fessy Satake said that the whole hope is he can get healthy get on the field because Fessy is very high on his potential he just needs to be on the field and be able to contribute so day number 85 as we count down towards the holy war is sophomore wide receiver sorry freshman wide receiver Braden Cosper uh, six foot three 212 pounds former Bingham high star and here's hoping he can get healthy and have an impact for BYU beginning this fall camp there you go player countdown as we head towards the holy war all right we will step aside here real quick before we do that do want to tell about one of today's sponsors on the show is our good friends at twillery.com if you guys have to wear dress shirts to work or just more of those kind of classy business casual look i want you guys to check out twillery.com they make stocking up your closet as simple as restocking the soda in your fridge it's easy affordable and the perfect fit guaranteed they offer non-iron untuckable and performance dress shirts for as low as 55 dollars each with free shipping and returns try on some twills risk-free after all as they say feeling is believing a smart casual just got smarter with twillery they bring performance work shirts to the next level with four-way stretch material that shuts down wrinkles stops sweat and keeps you looking and feeling cool and like i said it's for as low as 55 dollars a pop which any of you guys who have to dress up know how expensive it is to buy new clothes 55 dollars a pop for shirt for a shirt is a great 
price. I want you guys to check it out. And I also have a promo code for you right now. If you go to Twillery.com, you can get $25 off using the promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Go to Twillery.com slash Locked On to get that promo code and save that money on your shirts. And also, they have a limited time Father's Day special going on right now. You can enjoy a free set of bottle opener collar stays, which is valid until 616. So just before Father's Day, if you are looking for something for your dad or if you're looking for a grandfather, whatever you're looking for, and let us know how it goes for you. We'd love to hear your guys' response, but Twillery.com, I've enjoyed the shirts they've sent to me. I would encourage you guys to do the same. Save $25 off by going to Twillery.com using that promo code Locked On, and also for a limited time, get that Father's Day special. Enjoy a free set of bottle opener collar stays, only valid until the middle of this month, June 16th. Check it out once again, Twillery.com, right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. back to Locked on Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host. Pleased to be joined by Chantel Jennings from The Athletic. Chantel, how are you today? I'm great. Today I'm actually calling you guys from Brooklyn, New York, and it's a beautiful sunny day here, so kind of fun to be in the excitement of this city. Oh, absolutely. I know you're primarily West Coast based. What took you all the way to the East Coast? Uh, just seeing some friends. I don't have a chance to get out here much, <laughs> okay. and as you know, with college football season, there's about two months, really, that aren't um, two months of the year that aren't fully college football, and that's June and July. So college football writers have to take their vacation when they can get it. And so I had a chance to come out here for about a week. I work in the radio sphere and also podcasting as we're doing right now on this podcast. And my wife would completely agree with your assessment right there. Two months of the year, she's about what she gets. So I completely understand that. All right, Mm -hmm. Chantel, you did a great piece for The Athletic. I believe it came out late last week. It's, of course, the State of the Program series that that The Athletic does each year. You talked about BYU football. You interviewed both Kalani Satake and Jeff Grimes. I guess what was your overall vibe from both of them when talking to them about this piece? I think just that this, you know, Satake is kind of in a place now where he has seen, um, he's had a really three, three really interesting years uh, for his first three years as a head coach and has kind of faced a lot of different challenges and had different outcomes. Um, I've so many experiences that coaches get over those first three years, first four years really shape them and who they become. And so I think he, the main thing I left our conversation was, with him just knowing how to respond and him hoping that the responses that his team took two years ago against Wisconsin and sort of the reflection that they gained from that and how they brought it into last year, he's hoping that they apply it not only to what happened in the Utah game last year, but also kind of every experience this group has had. And so it's kind of this more mature, reflective side of him that I think we had a chance to talk about a little, and he's far from being this like grandfatherly coach at all in college football. But I think he's at the point now where, you know, he's not new to this anymore. He's been around the block. He knows how to handle wins and losses, big wins, big losses, tight wins, tight losses. And so he's just sort of settling in and he's, you know, I don't want to say comfortable because that sort of has this connotation of complacency, but, you know, he's ready. He's sort of ready to face anything. And I think he's feeling really good about this group heading into next year because, they have learned a lot because it's a lot of his recruits that are now in the program and he feels like they've bought into the strength and conditioning the way that he's wanted to see over the last three years. And they have a lot of opportunities in 2019 to prove him right. 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of BYU fans kind of look at his tenure. You said the three interesting years. One great year, of course, 9-4 and four in his debut. Then it hits almost rock bottom the next year with the 4-9, and they bounce back with a respectable 7-6 and six after the bowl win last year. I think the, the 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 debate right now here locally, I guess the vibe is that Kalani is, looks like his program is on the climb, like you said, but the people are wondering, okay, is he going to get a contract extension in the near future? And I don't know if I, I don't know if you can answer that. I don't know if I can answer that because it's ultimately up to Tom Homo and the rest of the athletic department down there. But what you said right there, I think that with the with the program kind of bouncing back, they should be set up to at least uh, compete because this first month we, you've seen that schedule. The first four games are Power Five opponents. How do you think the, how do you think BYU will fare against those opponents in your mind? Well, I think first of all, the important thing to state. Um, in terms, even before we get to sort of those first four games, when we're talking about contract extensions and contracts, I, you know, I don't know what it is about college football right now that there's just this idea that, you know, if it's not working for this sliver of time, then it's never going to work. Or that if it's working right now, it's forever going to work. Um, you know, everyone is sort of in this glass house of thinking that they're on top of the world or everyone else has it better than them. Um, and I, I don't think that's the case anywhere. And I think also what people need to keep in mind is BYU is a really interesting school. Um, I think of this a lot when I think of like BYU and Stanford, where you need a specific person leading that program because of the requirements um, and the expectations within certain programs. It's, you know, BYU is not like every other school. Um, and so, you know, sometimes at those places, it might take a little bit longer to work. Um, sometimes it takes a little longer to implement a vision anywhere. But I think especially places where it's just different requirements and expectations, that can also happen. Um, but looking towards those first four games, I think BYU fans should be excited, even if they don't come out of those four games 4-0 or 3-1. and one. They have opportunities, and I think right now with where this program is under Satake and sort of looking at those last five games last season, uh, Wilson's last five starts, I think they could surprise some people. I think this is an offense that is going to be able to put it together better. Um, defense obviously needs to find some playmakers, but those first four games are huge opportunities and could be huge confidence builders for this group. What was the vibe that you got from, I guess, Kalani and Coach Grimes about Zach Wilson in particular? What do you mean by vibe exactly? Uh, so, <laughs> kind of, kind of their feeling because you, you mentioned just barely his final five starts looked like the offense really kind of had a rebirth in a way. Well, uh, I know you wrote in here that about his statistics coming down the stretch: sixty-six percent of his passes, over fifteen hundred yards. Uh, did the coaches uh, share anything with you that they're expecting him to make that jump in year two, I guess, as a starter? Yeah, I think what Kalani said mostly about him was with him sitting out this spring, he kind of had an opportunity to be a student coach almost and be more of a student of the game. And I think there is so much growth that we see in every player, but especially in quarterbacks between year one and year two of them having significant experience. Um, significant playing time experience and so whether that for a guy is between his junior year and his senior year or his freshman year and his sophomore year just sort of the game slowing down to you is huge and so I think had he even gone through spring there would have been a huge jump but I think being forced to not practice being forced to have your only football outlet be through um, film and conversations can actually be something that's really beneficial for players. And it sounded like Connie was saying that 
you know, he really felt like Zach took advantage, full advantage of this opportunity to dive more into the game and dive more into the minutia of Grimes' offense. Um, so I think, you know, maybe this ends up being sort of a silver lining thing that he, he had the surgery and had to sit out, but ultimately maybe it helps the game slow down for him even more next year. You you win this piece, of course, with the state of the program. They're all kind of laid out the same way. You go position group by position group, and they also talk about the recruiting rankings and how teams recruit. You mentioned in a previous answer about how unique BYU is. A lot of their athletes that come in go on missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're out of the country or just not playing football for two years. How do you rate? Uh, well, when you when you wrote this, how did you uh, f- come about uh, ranking BYU's recruiting classes as compared to other programs you've written about recently? So I believe in this one. Yeah, we do um, for our composite recruiting rankings. We use twenty four seven Sports. So these weren't recruiting rankings that I came up with at all. Um, we go solely based on those companies. Um, outlets that actually focus 100% on recruiting like 24-7 sports. And so it was those sort of recruiting rankings. I think the national ones are obviously the ones to watch more because independence, you know, it's it's (laughs) really, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, But, you know, they're in the middle of the pack, let's say, nationally. And I think that's pretty good just because there are harder academic requirements to get into that school. Um, There is obviously the honor code, which is an an expectation for all of those players and students who are there. Then I think also just one of these things that a lot of people who are looking at BYU and Utah specifically from the outside don't 100% understand about these LDS missions is how much a kid's body can change when they're gone. I almost feel like the coaches, the, the line coaches for Utah and BYU have to be so much more acute in their projections of players because bodies can change so much over these missions. And I remember I was doing a piece, sorry to bring up Utah, but I was doing a piece on their strength and conditioning program last year and sort of the number of players who had gained 80 pounds since um, they had signed their letters of intent. And a few of those players had been on missions and they were saying that they either gained healthy weight or unhealthy weight during those LDS missions. And, you know, coaches being ready for sort of whatever player comes back to the program and knowing that, you know, this is a kid who might gain 40 pounds um, over the next period of time where I don't have a chance to mold them. I don't have a chance to really be with them and talk with them and have them in a, a consistent strength and conditioning program. And so I think it's honestly really impressive what line coaches are able to do and project at schools where you regularly have kids going on LDS missions. Yeah, well, just a kind of an anecdote or an example of that. I was talking with a member of the BYU staff recently, and they talked about one of their offensive linemen. He went on a mission to Uganda, which is in Africa. Uh, he's an offensive lineman. He left. They said he left weighing 290 pounds, came home. They, they, they thought 220. He told them like 230. And uh-huh. he, he has since put back on 60 pounds. So exactly what you're saying. Is they do have to project. And I, the, the, the member of the staff, when I was talking to him, they're like, yeah, we looked at him when he got home. We're like, do you want to play defensive end? What are you trying to play? Like, cause it, it, like you said, the, the projection is so hard to nail, but you're dead on. I, I, I don't think BYU fans would – denigrate you for bringing up Utah because it's absolutely true. These strength staffs, they have to be prepared for when these guys come back to say, okay, this is where you're at. This is where we're going to try and get you to. And you have to work with that. Correct. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of that too, you know, you're not just looking for a guy that has broad shoulders or sort of projecting, you know, what their body could be at 17, 18 based off their parents or grandparents or siblings. Mm-hmm. You're also looking for a guy who has the right attitude. So much of that weight gain, if, you, if you're literally looking at someone and saying, we want you to gain 60 pounds, it is also incredibly mental. I've talked to these players who, you know, having to eat that fifth meal, that sixth meal of the day right before they go to bed or waking up early and having that extra egg. Um, you know, I think a lot of us people who aren't working out that much think like, oh, it must be so great to eat all the time and, and sort of stuff your face. But it's actually, it's time consuming. It can be frustrating. It can be really mentally tough. And it can be really, really hard if these guys have been eating so much and then they step on the scale and they don't see the results right away. And so in addition to these strength and conditioning staffs and these, these coaches, not only projecting, you know, this is how his shoulders look, he's kind of lanky. I think we could put some weight here. I think we can build muscle mass um, in his lower body. It's also trying to find a guy who will 100% buy in and have the right attitude of, yeah, this is doable. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to this. It's, just as much attitude. Absolutely. All right, Chantel, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back on this side. I want to talk a couple more questions with you about BYU and kind of its position in the college football atmosphere. And we'll talk about that next right here on Locked on Cougars. Welcome on back to Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Joined for a second segment here by Chantel Jennings from The Athletic. I encourage you guys, go check out The Athletic. I've actually been a subscriber, Chantel. I don't know if I told you this before we started recording. I signed up the day that Stu Mandel announced they were doing the college football vertical. <laughs> Well, thanks for that. I bet you were you were one of the first then. We should like send you a fruitcake or something oh, for, I, I do, for a fruit I, basket for being a day one I appreciate that. I do have a t-shirt from it, so I do have that to commemorate it. I can, I can oh, tell you that much. Those are hot commodities. The I, number of people that have like reached out and been like, how do I get this? How do I get this? Um, we're always saying like, man, we need like a swag store because so many people, um, a, lot of, a lot of the people, a lot of the guys specifically wear these hats. Um, that we got and, and there's always people who are asking them when they're on the road like where did you get that how can I get one so uh, hey, I will, uh, I'll let our HQ people know absolutely you should I think that would obviously be a hot item if they if they decided to go with a little more swag but uh, Chantel when it comes to the BYU Cougars you're based here on the West Coast. You do a great uh, question. Uh, no, question. It's a it's a notebook. You call it Best Coast Notebook, and you talk a lot about Western football. In your mind, where does BYU kind of fit in into the college football world as it currently stands? That's a great question. Yeah, I feel like BYU is kind of one of those programs. And I think anytime a school that is either an independent or a group of five sort of wakes up and gets a bunch of big wins or upsets, a lot of people start paying attention. And I think BYU has fallen off of that just a bit. Um, right now, especially because so much of their schedule has been against West Coast teams. And, and this isn't just a knock on BYU. It's also a knock on the Pac-12. You know, so many times they've faced Pac-12 teams. And because the Pac-12 has been struggling and because they haven't made the playoff as much as other conferences, those games don't draw as much notoriety, I would say, sort of on a national scale because, A, people don't really care as much about the Pac-12 anymore as, as they might have in years past. And um, B, BYU hasn't 
had sort of those consistent seasons, what everyone's always expected of it at certain times during its history. But I think, you know, earlier we were talking about those first four games, I think, and you look at a game like Tennessee, I think that's a game where BYU could really draw some national eyes because not only are they going on the road where it's always hard to win, they're facing an SEC opponent early in the season. Um, I think that's why the Wisconsin one was so huge last year, not just because Wisconsin's a good team, because they come out of the Big Ten. And if you can beat a Big Ten team, that's, that's big news. And so I think looking at them in that regard, where they want to be, they have a chance to establish that this year, especially within the month of September. Yeah, and yeah, the, the four months of September features the four power five opponents to start the season, but they've also got teams like Toledo, who's considered to be a MAC favorite, USF, which had quite the season last year in their own right, winning seven games, I think losing six straight to end the year. And then, of course, you're facing off against the Mountain West, former Mountain West rivals in Boise State, Utah State, and San Diego State. All in all, is this schedule based on what you've per- seen from BYU over the years, is this kind of what you think their ideal schedule is, or do you think they should schedule down or schedule harder? Where do you kind of stand on that? Uh, that's hard to say exactly. Um, just because, you know, the schedule, you know, it, what is the expectation? What is the goal? I mm-hmm. think that first month, everyone is looking at it and going like, holy smokes, this is those first four games. I believe they're the only team in the country that has, four power five opponents the first month. I believe you are correct. Um, that is, that's a gauntlet. Um, and so if they go 0 and 4 through that, I'm sure there's a lot of ADs out there that would say like, yep, I wouldn't do that. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think as an independent, you want to schedule aggressively. I think BYU fans want their team to schedule aggressively. You want these big games, these big matchups. Um would they maybe prefer that they weren't all the first four weeks? Perhaps. I think this is a team that might want to have a little bit more time, as we said, to, to gain their identity because there are some questions that need to be figured out within the depth chart. Um, but with where they are under Satake, I think he's he's really looking forward to those first four games. And so you have to sort of expect that the uh, attitude of the players is going to reflect that of the coach. And so we'll see. Um, how people are feeling after September 21st. I think you are correct. One of my favorite things from your piece here in the state of the program, uh, you actually mentioned, you talk about the first four games and three of them against the Pac-12, three of them against Pac-12 teams. And you said that any uh, Pac-12 fifth any Pac-12 fan interested in seeing a quarter of their conference should book a month-long rental in the Provo area for September. And that was, I think, well done by you to put that in there because it's true. It's it's a chance for the Pac-12 to really see uh, in four weeks, you're going to see three of the maybe top eight or so teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I didn't go through to see exactly who um, has Washington, USC, and Utah. I would assume whatever teams out of the South that are fa- obviously face Utah and USC and then have Washington as the crossover game for the North. But specifically, I should have pointed out which fan bases in particular should maybe look into the month-long rental. Because honestly, that might prove to be less expensive than going to the away games at USC or USC, Utah, and Washington if, if those are all away games. So um, maybe I will look into that to do a financial analysis for um, which fan base it might be the best deal for. I'll keep an eye out for that as a future piece on The Athletic, all right? Yeah. All right, Chantel, well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. It was a pleasure to catch up with you. Keep up the great work with The Athletic and look forward to catching up with you down the road, okay? Thank you so much. Have a good one.
All right, there you go. That's Chantel Jennings from The Athletic. Really appreciate her taking the time. And I would encourage you guys once again, sign up for The Athletic. I think it's ever, worth every dime. They're running specials all the time. You can get it for as low as two ninety nine a month, I think. And it's just expert analysis, opinion, stories that you won't find anywhere else. They do a great job. Stuart Mandel, Chantel, the entire staff with the All-American, the college football vertical. But the best part about I think about the athletic is it also allows you access to everything else in the athletic MLB, NBA, NFL, everything they've got for one low price a month. So check it out, guys. Thanks again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Cougars. Want to remind you guys today's podcast brought to you by our good friends at Hotels.com, reminding you you don't have to hate like your friends' trips on social media. You can book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, do that, be there, get rewarded. Also, today's podcast brought to you by our good friends on the Himalaya Podcast app. Reminder for you guys to download the show on the Himalaya Podcast app, follow along, and make sure to check out all their great work. They're always adding new features and also brought to you today by twillery.com. Use that promo code locked on for $25 off. We'll catch you on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Let us know if you have any questions, concerns, or comments. Drop us a note at lockedonbyu at gmail.com or on our various social media channels. Have a great day. This has been Locked On Cougars. 